With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello? Yeah. What's going on? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I can't complain. That's good. That's good. Welcome back, everybody, to the Millsap Experience. And I do have a guest on today. Great, great, great friend of mine from school, high school, middle school. And um, she's a great person all around. She has a doctrine, correct? That's correct. Uh, what was the other one you told me? I forgot it. I forgot. Uh, I'm a bachelor's first off. Appreciate you, Kent, for having me on today. I really, really appreciate the opportunity to be able to sit down with, you know, anytime you can get two uh, established Black individuals and pillars in the community on one, you know, sit down and have a conversation, that's always a blessing to be able to leave these type of gems behind to everybody coming after us. So, uh, so yeah, middle school, high school, and now we in adulthood. And you know, can tell a lot more now to everybody else coming after us. So, but to answer your question, uh, I have my bachelor's of science in chemistry from Tougaloo College from in Jackson, Mississippi. I left there and went to Atlanta, Georgia. I received my doctorate of physical therapy degree. So now I'm a physical therapist here in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. In the, in the A. In the A. How long you been in the A? Going on six years. Going on six years. Actually, I just moved back here the last eight months during the pandemic. I was working in uh, Texas doing some contract work. And I honestly been, you know, dibbling and dabbling and finally taking on the entrepreneurship journey. So I kind of just got go back and forth between the hospital and grinding every day. So it's been a it's been a wild journey, but uh, I think me being in Texas, a lot of what we had to talk about today, I think it's a gr- it's great timing because that experience the last eight months, now that I'm back in Atlanta, it definitely makes everything come full circle. Okay, okay. Well, you guys, the topics of the day, they are mental health, counseling, therapy, also as well, um, we do have, oh, I forgot it just that fast myself but yeah systemic racism and education too as well so we're just gonna jump off into one of them first question is how do you feel about systemic racism in education how does that play a big part in just pretty much k through college i guess sure really from before baby is even conceived up until the end of your life systemic you know racism i feel like plays a huge part in you know African-Americans and pretty much any person of color, uh, even far beyond just like secondary and grade school. And, you know, when we, when we talk about it, you got to like kind of date back, like where did this even come from? Like, you know, what is this, this term that everybody now uses systemic racism back in the days, you know, we just used to say people was racist and slavery and stuff. We didn't really define it as systemic racism. And I think in part because, we finally seeing that, you know, back then we could say it was slavery and physical abuse because people had whips and chains beating us and they physically would keep us, you know, captive on their land to do whatever they said and work as their servants. Right. And so nowadays, now that black people are free, 
you know, people bring about the term systemic racism because no, technically we're not, you know, uh, legally we're not anyone's slave, but from a systemic approach, we kind of still are on a mental standpoint. And so I think that it plays like when I say a huge role in like us understanding that we have to first like, you know, really go back and say, okay, this is what it is. This is what it looks like because what makes it different is when you're fighting against people physically, you know, beating you, it's kind of easier to go and bring that to a judge's face and, and, you know, a jury or a trial and say, look, you know, even with the beatings today and, you know, Derek Chauvin, that, that conviction recently, you know, even with that, it, it goes back to like systemic racism, like the roots of this. When you see something like that, eventually you get to a point where you can kind of, it may take years, it may take decades, but you can get to the point where you can convince the jury in a trial that, you know, hey, what he doing is wrong. And, you know, I, I'm grateful for that. That's not the end. You know, it's only up from here. You know, it's still an uphill battle, but even still, we got to take our small victories. He, he was convicted on all three counts. And so that's something that's huge. And I say that because when you talk about school, that school to prison pipeline is so directly related that you got to got to talk about all of it full circle. You know, because even when you in grade school, they, you know, imply these implicit bias on us. That it's hard to go before a jury or a trial and say, look, I'm being treated unfairly in school or look, right. I'm being untreated. I'm treated uh, unfairly at my job. You know what I mean? Because it's not like they're physically doing something that can be caught on camera to make people believe that your argument is, in fact, valid, even though it's taken decades and years and years and many black people being killed and many black people being in prison for things and crimes that they did not even commit. So even when you get in school and jobs, that's where that systemic racism term comes in at. Because it's very, very hard to prove that somebody is being racist towards you when they have implicit bias that they don't even recognize that they have. Their peers don't recognize that they have. But you know you're being treated unfairly. <clears throat> and so like even like little kids in school, they don't understand from a cultural standpoint the difference in little black boys and girls and little white girls and boys. Because... Yeah, people would like to say that, you know, we're all the same and love is, you know, universal language in any many ways it is. But that still doesn't subject us from the, the natural opinions and thoughts that people have towards black skin colors, black names, black traditions, black cultures. When we came over here, they stripped us of every single thing that was that made up black people. The way we celebrate, the way we express love, the way we express excitement, the way we cherish each other even from the way that we communicate with each other. So when we take it into their school systems, they take those behaviors as belligerent, you know what I mean, defiant. Our, our parents teach us to be headstrong because they came from a slave era. So now that we're free, they teach us, you go up in there and you hold your head up and you, you be strong. If you got a question, you ask it. But in the school system, white people take that as black people are being defiant. He's argumentative. He talks too much in school when you just really want to understand why what right. you're teaching me is what it is. And so because of that, you can take a little black boy and a little black girl and then a little white boy and a little white girl, and you can have them in the same classroom, commit the exact same, you know, whatever offense it is in the classroom, but that little black boy and girl most likely going to get suspended. The white, boy, the, the, the white boy and girl going to get a slap on the wrist. So when we say systemic racism in that school to prison pipeline, it's, when I say it's so directly related, 
the same exact thing that they pretty much show black people what's going to happen to you before it happens to you. All throughout school is being done to us. And we don't, our minds can't wrap around it because we're innocent kids. But then they transition into adulthood and the exact same thing happened with black boys and black, now they black men and black women. You know what I mean? And you right. see your white peers who, who don't get the same consequences for the exact same crime that you committed. And right. so, I mean, you know, that's a, that's a very, very, I probably went on a tangent, but that's a very, very <laughs> important, like, topic that I really need, like, people to really understand. And, and you know, we'll, we'll get to the other stuff, and if we have time, we'll circle back to it. But, you know, that's, that's a topic in itself. Like, that's, that's, that's a whole podcast we can do in itself because it's yeah. so, it's so deeply rooted. But I know, we, you know, we have other important topics to talk about. Right, right. But I do have a question on that topic too as well. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel about okay, now knowing this as an adult, how does and how can that affect the learning within the school habitat with students, especially of color? Okay. So prime example, right? Like if you growing up and you you in a house and you see your parents do stuff a certain way, right? And like you, you think your parents are pretty much like heroes that kids think their parents are heroes. And then, you know, you grow up and you realize that you can be something of yourself, too. You can make something of yourself, too, because why the people in your house made something of themselves. Right. So like me and you came from probably our parents probably didn't come from a middle class family. I know both my parents parents was poor, dirt poor. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So the fact that my parents even made it to a middle class or your parents made it to a middle class to the point that we even met up in school and was able to go to the same school. You feel Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? We believe that was possible because our parents could afford to put us in school districts where they were paying those property taxes, which funneled and supported those school districts. You see what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? So when you go live like in the projects or the hood or something, that the funding for that school is based off the, the property taxes that's being collected from those properties that, you know, the red, you know, the red lines that they do, they, they call it redlining. So they redline yeah. these districts. And then, you know, if this is the hood and these properties only worth so much money, then the property taxes are so much money. So that's the only amount of funding that's being funded to the school. Okay. So not only do you have that happening, that's affecting us, but then you also have the fact that when you go to those schools, that the people that are being that they're there that's educating you. We saw our parents could do it because they they look like us. You know what I mean? They had black skin. They you know they raised us. We was around them our whole life. We saw what they were able to do, so it made us feel like we were capable of that. Not necessarily much more or less, but we were capable of that. We could be as good as our parents, not better than, but as good as our parents. And the reason that kind of halted because when you go to school. Those kids in our middle class family that went to these schools that was kind of integrated where we had a a large percentage of white people, but you had enough black people there, too, where you kind of didn't feel like you didn't belong. But there were school districts that were even less integrated. You know what I mean? So when you get Mm -hmm. there, the representation of people that look like you, you know, black boys and black girls go through certain things in life at a certain age as teenagers that little white boys and little white girls just they just don't go through. Correct. So on one end of the stick, you got us in a better school district. So yay, our parents grateful. Our kids going to a great school. You know what I mean? They'll have a they have a chance at a great a fair and a great education because they know if they put us around white people, the white people gonna make sure those teachers are competent enough to teach us what we need to know. Not only competent, but are funded 
enough to be able to teach us enough what we need to know and pay them enough to be able to want to show up every day and deal with us and not have over uh populated um classrooms it's too many kids in there but so we can do that because we can afford it to pay for it because our property taxes from our properties do it it's all a money thing to these people so then you go to the red line in, in these black communities and these schools and the projects they don't have funding they the, the teachers are it's not necessarily saying the te teachers aren't competent because most of them are even more qualified because they choose to be in those areas to try to give back to the kids but it's only so much you can do when you don't have money moves everything and the quicker black people understand that because i know white people get it but black people from a religious standpoint was taught to not really value money so we don't like to admit that we going after money even though we need money to operate so we don't have money going to these black communities and black schools and although they may have a black teacher they don't have the resources you can't have one or the other you gotta right. have both of them right so now with that being said too as well and on we'll integrate that topic with the topic of the mental health so how does that play a part in mental health growing up you know, in being in that stage of adulthood as well. Like I say, learning that once you get old too as well. How does that play a big part in, in the in the psyche? Technical difficulties, I don't know what's going on. Sounds like somebody don't want us talking about something important to me, if you ask me. I think they blocking them ways, man. Right, right. <laughs> but uh yeah, back to the question and and that I asked for a cutout was with the knowing, you know, when we get older. How does the knowing of how schools and things like that work play the play with with the psyche? You know, as you get older, yeah. Like how? Yeah. So, how does be? I guess growing in those environments, how does that affect us on a mental level when we become adults? Right. So, I say, like, think of it this way, like. If you if you bring a group of people over here, you you know what I mean. Say for instance, right now you take ten people to this random island, okay? Ten people who were functioning normal in their natural habitat, where they were where God naturally placed them. You know what I mean? So like, say you got ten tigers that's out, you know, out in the jungle. They dominate in like, you know what I mean? Like they the breed that everybody want out there, you know. And you take them. And you put them on the island of and strip them of everything that they knew. You know, don't remind them of any of their history. They don't know where they are, how far they are from home. They could be around the street and they still wouldn't know. You know, that's how much you strip them, right? And right. then you bring them and you you integrate them into their world, into your world, like the world on this island that exists. And you breed these lions to be adults now. And the only thing that they know is how to function, how you taught them how to function. So the thing, the problem with that is on a mental level, the oppressors, which has been white people, have brought us over here. They made us slaves, stripped us of every single thing that we knew. They integrated us into their system with their laws. They create system and rules and laws based off of what they view, how they view society and what they think is beneficial. But you can't say just because of their experience has been our experience. So if you take somebody who don't naturally learn the way that white people learn, 
we don't naturally uh, celebrate and, and, and exuberate love and things like that the way white people do. Like we just different cultures, neither right or wrong, but it's only right or wrong when you choose to oppress a certain people. You know what I mean? So right. you, you, you bring us through these systems and you either one, deprive us of what we said are very important, either the resources, you have to have the resources or you have to have the representation. That's the choice that they've given us. The issue is, though, they get a fair chance at both representation and resources when they're growing up. One, they have the resources in their school to even be able to, like, carry out a, a regular science project. Like, yeah. I remember growing up, and we even when I got to college, it carried on from HBCO, HBCU, Historically Black College University, or a PWI, predominantly white institution. So I would hear my peers, my white peers, talk about science projects that they did, and I'm like, man, we didn't even have a you know what I mean? We didn't even have the, the right proper tools for that in the lab to even be able to do these projects. So right. everything is already limited to you on a compound effect from the time that you're birthed into these communities. And you either get lucky enough to get in a white community where you have resources, but not necessarily representation. So on a psychiatric level, you already kind of doubt yourself like, you know, man, damn, is it even possible? Because I know I was taught these things in school, but I see these white people doing stuff that I ain't never even heard of. They talking about ways to invest that we never talked about in my household. So you right. already kind of doubting yourself as, as a kid because you're not seeing anybody that look like you do it. And that matters. That's why everybody, no matter where they are in life, always have role models. They look up to somebody. They, they have a mentor or somebody that they trust and get, you know, guided atten um, details to, uh, information right. from. Right. So you take that and then you bring us into even adulthood and you put us even more, you know, even, even less representation. That's why I said like those factors. I'm 27. I'm a black woman. I'm a lesbian, but I'm very successful. I have my doctorate working in the hospitals and I can't identify with hardly anybody. Nobody in, in my career is pretty much like at my age with the background that I have doing what I'm doing in the hospitals that I'm doing it in. Not only that, but then taking my money from there and investing it in real estate and stuff like they don't understand. And sometimes it's very, even for me, I'm a strong minded person, but I can tell you firsthand it affects us mentally because I have my days where I feel like, is it even possible? Is the directions I'm going in and, and the way I'm, I'm busting my ass right now, I don't see nobody around me that direct, that's directly connected to me that I know that I can call on the phone right now and say, hey, you know, from my family or my social circle, hey, I'm going through this in business. Can you help me? Right. right. What would you advise? Because no, a lot of us are the first in our families to do a lot of the things that we're doing right now. Right. You know what I mean? You have those outliers in the black families where their families did something and they were able to pass that down. But a lot of black families don't have anything to pass down on to their kids, but go to school, get an education and work in these areas. You go from being around your black families and you see a lot of black people. Then by the time you go out to to be able to get what people say is a good education, it means going to a white place. Right. Getting a good education never means get a good education and go over here to this African, you know, African school over here where they teach the regular basics that the school requires. But they teach us about our history and our background and the kings and queens that we really are. So right. now we can now we can take that because they lack by lacking their representation. You strip us of our confidence. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumba I looked over the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You strip us of our hope. You know what I mean? Like, you strip us of. We went from being physically beaten again on a mental standpoint. We went from being physically beaten, but you know, mental enslavement is far, far worse than physical enslavement. Because when we physically enslaved, even if it's in jail, you have hope that one day you will get out. You have hope that one day the judge will accept your appeal. You have hope that once you get out these walls, you're free. But, but once you mentally enslave, and that's what the school system does to us by not teaching us about our background and our history. And so that's how it affects us on a mental level because we don't even know who we are. You can't function in a world, you go crazy if you don't. Many people search their whole life to find out who they really are. And they go in circles as black people because we don't know who we are because it was never presented to us. So it's our job as black people to say, hey, if you go into a good school, that don't mean you go into a white school. That means you're going down here to a black school that's going to teach you everything that you need to know about school, but about life also. Because white people get that at home. So when right. they go to school, all their parents have to worry about is the, the, what the state say you, is required of you to learn. Right, right. Black right. people don't even know what to teach their kids. And, that's, and it's not their fault. Our parents, it's not our parents' fault because generations are changing. And our pastor said something earlier about grace being passed on. His grace was passed on from his, his father's grandfather. And so it's our job to pass on that grace to our kids' kids because if we don't give them that education and that up, you know, that, that build them up at home, we can't rely on the school systems because of that systemic racism and more importantly because of the implicit bias. So imagine telling somebody that something is a problem. They keep denying that it's a problem because they don't see that what they're doing is the problem, even though we tell them it's a problem. Like, it even sounds crazy. So you, you have Black people from that point on, like, thinking what they see in the world, they just need to accept and get used to because nobody else thinks it's a problem but us. Nobody else understands the police brutality and how that would affect a, a young Black man riding down the street. Imagine how you can no longer feel free within your mind, even though you're not physically enslaved. Right. And that is so, a terrible thing. I mean, you know, I, I've been in those situations where I've been riding down the street and I see a police. I'm in a certain county, you know, here in Jackson. you know, if you're in, in Mississippi, you're in certain counties, it's just certain, certain places. Counties. Just, right. You don't want to see the police at all. You know, when you see them, it's almost even you, you can be clean as a whistle. You know, nothing on you, nothing in you, nothing. You know, you just be purely clean. And mm -hmm. just to see them, even at a certain time of day, a certain time of night, just to see them behind you is it's a feeling like no other. It's, it's, it's almost like your parent breathing down your neck times a million, you know, but can take it further with you, you know, with literally playing with your life, you know, dealing with your life. So yeah. I, I, I definitely understand. I, I've I mean, even even that example that you just gave right there is like you kind of just answered your own question. Like, does it affect us? 
absolutely. Now, there's nothing around you that's making you feel this way. But for whatever reason, when you walk outside your door and get in your car, you already know, like, you kind of got, you know, a cage around you as a black man. So right. you, when you operating from that, like the thing to be in this world, you have to be able to vibrate it like very good energy. You know what I mean? Like, and right. to do that, you have to be connected to God at all times. Cause anytime that you disconnected, you will feel that disconnect. You feel right. what I'm saying? So if all the time, like you going down the street, if even with running, like, you know, like if you running some miles and every few steps, you got to keep turning around and turning around, seeing what's behind your back, trying to get at you. That's going to take away from your energy to really be doing the things that you really can be doing, you know, with that same with that same, you know, thought level and energy that you're giving out in the world. If every time you walk out your door, instead of your mind being free, saying, "Ooh, I just got a break. Let me just ride vibe to my music. Just, you know, enjoy 10 minutes of fresh air in your car, ride to the gas station. Instead of feeling like that, your mind is being filled with anxiety and stuff. And that kind of translate over to the mental health, like the topics you pick all relate so well. Like, so shout out to you because you did a, a really good job, like tying those in together, because then it takes us over to the mental health side. And people, and especially within the black community, wonder why, you know, oh, what is all this mental health stuff? Like, pray about it, go to church about it. And to be truthful with you, the reality is we probably had it all along and just didn't know, didn't know right. what to deal with. It didn't know that therapy helps. Didn't know that, you know, you can get counseling and stuff like, yeah, you can pray about it too. But God put very, very educated and competent people on this earth for us to be able to help each other. That, that's the whole goal. What my profession does helps one person, but I'm a physical therapist. I'm not a cardiologist. So if I had heart problems, I'm gonna go to a cardiologist. You feel what I'm saying? And I'm going to trust right. what he has to say. And that's how we kind of build together and help each other. Right. So, right. so like when you, when, when you think about that, if you riding down the street and all you got to think about is, you know, is this cop going to pull me over? He just turned from behind me. That's just taking so much from us that we're inducing our own anxiety. And there's nothing that, again, with the systemic racism and imp implicit bias, there's nothing that you can directly say, this is happening. People will think you crazy. A lot of times black people post this type of stuff and folks don't even believe them unless it's recorded, which is why times are kind of changing. Right. But it, I mean, it creates this anxiety that where black people then the only option is, yeah, you can pray about it, but you have to get therapy and counseling on why you feel the way that you feel. And the more people are able to do that, then we can express exactly what's being, you know, what's happening. A lot of people don't even know how to describe what they know is happening to them. Like, even at work, you will know a white person is treating you a certain type of way. You know you should have gotten that promotion, but how do you go there and prove to the CEO, like, I'm being treated unfairly because I should have got this job? They gonna, right. you know what I mean? They gonna say whatever they gonna say. And you just gonna have to suck it up. Exactly, exactly. And which bring me to the next topic of counseling and therapy. And I can say this, I've never, you know, done therapy or, or counseling, but me and my fiance right now, we are doing marriage counseling and I can say that that is a great thing to do. Um, you know, anybody that is looking to, you know, get married, try marriage counseling. It, it is actually a great thing because you actually, you learn a lot about yourself for one, then you learn a lot about how you and your spouse can overcome and, you know, just be one. And bringing that back as well with counseling and therapy within the household, especially, once again, the black household, how we feel that we shouldn't or blacks don't do therapy. Me, like I said, I haven't done it, but, you know, if need be, I, I, I'm definitely down to go because, like you said earlier, you know, God put people 
on this earth professionally to do exactly, you know, that job, which is to be able to sit down and talk to you when you have no one else to talk to and you can't get anyone else to talk to. So I definitely feel and I, I agree with that. So, I mean, you, therapy, sure. it, it's not a bad thing. You know, but no, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think, I think, first of all, congratulations to you and your fiance. Shout out to y'all, thank you, black love. And then, you know, the fact that y'all doing the, the marriage counseling and therapy thing, I think that's, I think that's beautiful. I think that's the way it should be. You know, like, I feel like growing up and growing up in, in black communities and black households is like, you know, for you to first of all want to seek help or seek assistance or even just seek somebody a listening ear that you can vent to authentically to get whatever it is you need to get out without being judged. So in black communities, we didn't really, well, at least for me, we didn't really have it. Nope. Because first of all, if you went to your parents about feeling a certain type of way, we weren't even taught what anxiety was. I don't think back then people were just throwing around the word anxiety and, you know, the terms that a lot of us modern day people use now, toxic uh energies we talk you know what i mean we talk about vibrations and stuff now and um a lot of it it goes back to like religion and spirituality and so back then i felt like our our roots when we were brought over here we're taught a very strict doctrine of religion but within those religions it's just like fraternities and sororities within fraternities and sororities you have different, you know what I mean, different types of groups and stuff. And you right. would think that the, the motto and the goal is for all of us to come together and say, hey, I choose to practice this way and I do this and, I, I, and this is my personality. But the, the objective is community service. So we should all just be helping building a community. It's not about us using our differences to tear us apart. It's about finding what we can agree on to coexist amongst each other with it throughout the world. And so... Because our generations have are, are starting to turn over leaves and we're finding out the truth about ourselves, I think a lot of us have, have shifted from like religion per se to more of having spiritual beliefs. And it doesn't mean people are more or less a Christian, a Muslim or whatever, a Jew, whatever they choose to be. But it's just saying that, you know, people are, are vibrating on a more of a spiritual level. Right. And so... Yeah, and so because of that, we are more aware of certain things. Right. So because I'm aware of what it means to be w- connected to God and not deal with anxiety, I know when I'm feeling I'm feeling different. I know how to describe what I'm feeling. Back then, I don't feel like our parents and stuff knew what to describe it. So a, a lot people make this mistake. I make this mistake, and I, I you know I try to correct myself every time now that I'm aware of it. But a lot of times when people don't understand something or they don't know something. They just write it off. Oh, you know, kind of you crazy, like get out of here. Like, you know what I mean? People, black people didn't understand bipolar disorder, schizophrenia. And it's not just black people. If you go to a lot of these third world countries, if they have any type of disability, they write it off as like it's a demon. That person Mm -hmm. is, you know, that family is the devil's attacking them. They don't really want to deal with them. The families are very, very embarrassed by them. A lot of them won't even take their disabled family, family member out of the house because they don't want the community seeing them. Right. So that comes from like within religion is tradition. And that's why people are, are also deviating away from tradition, which by way they, re- they deviate into spirituality as well. And so and, be- and I'm saying all that because that's how deep it is. It's not just as simple as saying, well, we talk, we you know, we go to therapy and stuff now because we do. 
But why do we do that? Why why haven't we if this is if this is the way white people been dealing with laundering millions of dollars and not committing suicide all along like cuz they had to deal with it some way, how were they dealing with their worst fears in life? How were they dealing with their most crisis uh, uh critical moments within their relationship? You know what I mean? People go to marriage counseling. People go to individual counseling. People go to family counseling. There's no other way because within yourself, everybody has some form of an implicit bias, even amongst you and your family. And so right. the, instead of the family saying, you know, let's sit down and, and be open minded and hear everybody's opinion and talk about it and have a mediator, we would just say, let's pray about it. Right. But the problem with that is you can pray about it, but that's still not addressing what's happening right now in, in real life time, in real time. Because what you pray for and what I pray for, if we don't even sit down and know what the solution to our problem is, we could be praying for very different things. Exactly. And so and so when you go to counseling and stuff that allows, uh, you know, a, one, like we said, somebody that's educated, somebody that has studied the brain, somebody that has studied human behavior. Hold on. And somebody that has studied characteristics and personalities. So they are trained to listen and knowing how to pick up on things that everyone is saying in the room and not necessarily giving you a decision, but allowing two people to be able to, you know, kind of guide them through their thoughts to where you can come together with the solution. And right. so that teaches you communication skills that is that that's why, you know, therapists should get paid good because exactly. the skills that they're teaching you goes beyond the hour that you in the room with them. You know what I mean? A lot of people be like, oh, that's 200 for an hour. You know, and black people look, it's not value within our community. So we're not paying 200 an hour for no, for no therapy. You know what I mean? That's crazy, right? Because we don't, we don't, we don't see it as a value. And so when you don't see it as a value, you don't understand that that one hour worth of whatever they doing, whatever, whatever spiritual intervention God has placed and blessed, that's their purpose. They're living in their purpose. So it's a spirit, spiritual intervention that has to happen. So that's going to stay within you even when you leave there, or it should the same way we go to church. But we're not taught that growing up. We're taught to just go to church. Right. And whatever, whatever, whatever you need to know is in the Bible. And it is. But the same way you can be a diehard Christian, but if you want to be a chemist, there's nothing in that Bible that's going to teach you how to be a chemist. And there are worldly things that we go through in life that we do need to be able to sit down and communicate because everybody just don't view things the same. And that's okay. Nobody's right or wrong. But we have to learn as black people how to have those conversations and not writing somebody off as crazy just because they're different. Exactly. You either get labeled crazy or is, you know, you wrong, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, and that's yeah. one of the, that's one of my pet peeves is for somebody to not understand. It's easier to say, well, I guess it's, it's, it's easier for them to say, I don't understand versus say, hey, I don't understand, you know, what are you actually saying? Help me mm -hmm. to get what you're saying. You know, that, that that's one of my pet peeves right there. It's really to be misunderstood, but I don't know. I guess I feel like Lil Wayne when it comes to that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think we had a great talk. Um, any, you got any, any other words you'd like to say? Anything else? No, man, I just, I appreciate you for having me on this platform. I think, you know, keep having, I'm proud of you. Keep having these conversations and creating these platforms for, you know, just open dialogue. Every, you know, people see it different than my way. They may see it different than your way, and that's okay. The biggest thing that all of us, I, I feel like that we want to take away from any of this is in order for us to get past where we are, 
we have to be able to sit down and be open and realistic about what our end goal is and how we can all, you know, achieve it and get there together. And, you know, as, as black people, we have to also, you know, hold ourselves, you know, accountable and responsible for what we know that we deserve. So, and, and that means that looks like us, you know, stepping up, increase, increasing, you know, black representatives within the educational system and, you know, removing this school to prison pipeline. Like, you know, schools have to start having, you know, um, I don't know, some type of informational type of courses that these, you know, teachers and everybody that are influencing the, the leaders of tomorrow, these kids that's coming after us, they're going to be the ones responsible for us when we're getting old. So right. it's, it's our job to give back to them, to pour into them, make sure they have uh, black representatives, but also black resources within their school systems. Because only, you know, kind of you can understand what each other is going through from a cultural standpoint. And so, you know, also we have to understand and teach our people financial literacy. I want to make sure that's understood because a lot of people, even though we talk about education, financial literacy and money management is, is like, again, directly related to that. When we talk about the redlining and the zoning, you're talking about people that may live two streets over. In these cities, when they gentrify, they'll live two streets over. And one house will be worth 100000 The one two streets over 500000 They go to two completely different school, school systems. And, you know, they can't really understand why you, why you can't be more than what you're being and you have the same resources. And they don't really understand. So we have to keep increasing this awareness. And not only that, but because these red zones do exist, it's easier for us to pour money into our communities and develop our own communities and value them before a white person come and gentrify it than it is to allow the government keep these red zones and allow white people to take over it. So if we want to increase the, the if you, let me tell you, if you want to increase the, the betterment of black schools and black systems and black neighborhoods, you want to increase, increase mental health and mental uh, awareness and stuff like that and therapy and counseling, it requires money. Right. So as black people, we have to come up with some type of financial plan, again, because that is the difference in these white schools and these black schools money it's all a business for everybody else but it's at the business at the risk of our youth and they're the most vulnerable and and, and the most important people each and every day so um I, I really really appreciate you for even having this platform it, it's it's definitely something that you know I, I love it's something that i'm passionate about and anytime i'm you know invited to have these type of open conversations you know i'm always in debt so you know, keep doing your thing. I'm proud of you again. Congratulations. Building a, a, a black family. That's what it's all about. All right. Appreciate it. And thank you. And uh, I can't say this, you guys. You got a, a lot out today. Hopefully you did. Um, and one other question, too. You got any social medias or platforms you want anybody to follow you on? Do you have any kind of content out there that you put out or anything like that? Yeah. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at drdr.breesky. B R I I S K Y. Um, I mean, you know, I, I talk a little bit here and there, but you know, truthfully, uh, as of late, I've been really kind of diving into you know, like one on one sessions and um, that you know, dibbling, dabbling like entrepreneurship. So I haven't been really active on there as much, but you're welcome to follow me every now and then. I pop out and you know, put some, put some good gems out. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, people, you guys heard it. Um, it was a good session, and we'll holler at you guys later. Thank you. All right.